welcome to episode one of Make It So, the uh, it's a Get Into Geek podcast. I'm your host Craig and my co-host Maddie. How are you going? They mate? said it'd never happen. They said there'd never be a Star Trek podcast on Get Into Geek, and here we are. We Ab- made it happen. Absolutely. Like well done to us. The two, two trekkies, I guess, or trekkers, out of the out of the crew. I'm a trekker. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm definitely a trekker. <laughs> oh, oh. This has this been, has been a, a long time, time coming for us to actually, actually get here. here. Yeah. So, uh, glad that we've glad actually, we've got, actually got, done got done it. Yeah, Picard, Picard season three of all things. Yeah, well, yeah, well we, we did talk did about talk it about doing during season, season one, but it just didn't mm. get around to it. So, oh, And then it was season one. Season one wasn't great. It, <laughs> it was weird. They, they, they it had its moments, moments, and I actually, I, I did I enjoy. Did, I, I enjoyed I, it a lot more than Discovery, that's for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah definitely. <laughs> like that was season, a dumpster fire. Oh, it still is. It still is. Um, season two was improvement. Season two started really, really well, and then kind of fell off a bit, and came back at yeah, it was hit and miss. But um, well, spoiler alert: season three so far is looking pretty good. Oh, well, before we get into spoilers, like we'll we'll get there soon. So. Shall we, Shall we uh, uh, get, into get into a bit of synopsis? synopsis? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's have a look. A little bit of uh, Picard uh, music in the background. I like it. I like it. Okay. So, so episode one, one, season three, it's called The Next, the Next Generation. Generation. So after, after receiving a cryptic, urgent distress call from Dr. Beverly Crusher, Admiral Jean-Luc Picard enlists help from generations old and new to embark on one final adventure, a daring mission that will change Starfleet and his old crew forever. Probably, Probably could have done without that last line, but that's good. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's you got to have some balls to, like, name the first episode The Next Generation. That's, <laughs> that's balls. That's a ballsy move right there. That's, that's shooting, that's shooting large. That's shooting big, shooting large. It's a sport. I don't know. I shouldn't have tried a sports metaphor. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Is it foreshadowing a another next generation, generation of a crew later? For after, after Picard. Picard. That would be nice. I mean, that's what they should have been doing since season one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Setting things up. They, they did introduce characters like Raffi and things who we'd never seen before. So True. But yeah. yeah. Okay, well... Bit of a red alert before we get into uh, spoiler territory because this will be heavy spoilers. Maddie and I have literally just watched the episode, so mm-hmm. if you have not seen the first episode of season three of Star Trek Picard, stop listening or you know just listen. Unless you want to get spoiled, yes, yeah. we all like getting spoiled sometimes. Yeah. So, all right, Captain Shaw. He's, he's a dead set douchebag. Wow, you were you were giving the benefit of the doubt. Much, much longer, longer than, than I was. was. I was like, oh, he's a, when he didn't show up for the Titan to like leave space dock. I'm like, oh, he's a he's one of those captains. I'm like, he's a dick. You were like, yeah, and then everything he said after that just made us hate him more and more and more. Like, we've seen some douchey captains in Star Trek. Oh god, but I think this guy's taken the cake so far. He may be the douchiest. Like, like there's, a there's a little part of me, like, for a brief moment where he was like, it seemed that the reason he was put out was because there was suddenly this unannounced inspection. And I could understand him feeling a little bit taken aback by that. Being like, well, what the fuck do I need an inspection for? Especially from the, cap- like, the old captain of his ship. A retired admiral as well. Yeah. So, but 
not to the level of disrespect and douchiness that he got to. Like he didn't even in come in one scene. He didn't even come and greet them as they came onto the ship. Like before he even knew what they were there for, he was being a fuckwit. He found every single way to both passively aggressively and aggressively aggressively diss them. Yeah, there wasn't anything passive about it, was there? No, I mean, it started passive. It's like, oh, I'll let, I'll let my first officer do it. That's fine. Leave space dock. He's still not there. A little bit disrespectful. Starts dinner without them. Again, that's, that's passive aggressive. Starting dinner without them, passive aggressive. Then he's just a flat out douchebag the entire dinner. And put them and in bunk beds. beds. Yeah, yeah pieces out, out, says, oh, I prefer this kind of drink. Pours himself, pours himself a drink, says, fuck y'all. Uh, uh, leaves and goes, sorry, we didn't have time to set up, you know, the fancy accommodations. Puts them in bunks. Jean-Luc bought him some nice wine from his chateau and he just dissed that as well. Yeah. Like, he was extremely rude. Like He's the he's the opposite of big dick energy. He's giving, he's giving little dick energy. He's feeling threatened because there's these two just... Pardon the pun, Titans of Starfleet yeah. coming in to uh, quote-unquote inspect his ship, not knowing that that's their ruse. I love ruse as a word. Let's have a little chat about his ship. So they call it a Neo-Constitution class. Yeah, it's. I'm not a fan of that style of ship, that kind of... Almost, Almost like, like the original series movie kind of vibes, it's like a retro style. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, why would Why would Starfleet design a retro style ship? Yeah. Like, yeah. is that is just that for just us as the viewers, or is I it something that, that, that they tried to use in maybe um, Discovery, and then they maybe it was something that they drawn up, and they're like, "Oh, we've got this design. Let's just use it." It could be, and I mean, it does track with what was the ship. From last season, it was oh the Stargazer. It was yeah, like yeah. the Stargazer refit, and that was still that came same kind of style. It may just be simply that the showrunner Terry Metalis was just like that's his maybe his favorite design style, and I think it's they like kind of years old. Well, obviously, it's got all the brand new tech in it. It's just got a red. Like remember when um, Dax went back in time in DS Nine, and she like had that that fetish for like the old school tricorders and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. So I kind of buy that kind of vibe that out of universe, the creators, like the showrunner for this season was just like, this is my favorite style. I'm going to find a way to insert my favorite kind of looking ships in there. And kind of, I, I didn't mind. They brought it back by calling, yeah, oh, it's this new Neo class, like Neo constitution class. Or whatever. I'm like, okay, they just, they're just doing something retro for a bit. That's fine. I would like to see some more modern ships. Like, there was that, as rough as last season was, there was that badass ship that Riker showed up on that was, what was that one called? I don't even remember, but it's like, oh, the most advanced ship we've Shenzhou? ever had. Was it the Shenzhou? No, that was... Um, oh, that was Discovery. That was Discovery. But he showed up on that badass ship um, at the end of last season, but then obviously there was an entire fleet of them, yeah. which yeah. was a bit weird. Um, so obviously there are more modern ships out there. This is just kind of like a retro throwback. Um, it's weird that it's the Titan though, because I guess the first Titan, if the books and the other bits and pieces are we're led to believe are more canon, it was much a much more sleek Akira style ship. Yeah, like, and, they, and then this is a more retro style. When they so, introduced the ship as well, they tried to give it that 
epic, epic sort of feel. feel. Like, like remember when, when, yeah, remember when remember you first saw like the, the ship porn. Remember when you first saw like the Enterprise E in First Contact? Like, yeah, I got that like shiver down the side of my face, and I didn't get that with this ship. Voyager, sitting at Deep Space Nine, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah, I didn't get it for this one. It's not my personal favorite style look of, of ships. I prefer. You know, yeah, your sovereigns, your intrepids, your Akiras, even your galaxies to a certain degree. The galaxy um, does have that iconic look. Yeah, yeah but, but um, the, the old fatties. Yeah, <laughs> no one, no one wants the guns. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me too much so far. But um, I think they they sold it well because it's still inside is still very modern and very cool looking. Well, yeah, and it, it goes warp nine point nine nine, and it, it, it basically, basically went, went from. from Space dock, space dock above, above Earth, Earth to the, to the edge, edge of Federation of space, space in about five, five hours. hours. Yeah. yeah, presumably. Because I think, so what, Voyager was 9.975. Yep. yep. The Enterprise E could max out at 9.9. Yeah. Like the Sovereign classes. But they kind of had to work up to it and they'd be shaking and shuffling and Geordie going, oh, she's not made for it. Whereas this one just seemed to just go directly to walk. Yeah, 9. it just 99. seemed like a walk down to the shops, basically. Yeah, so it clearly has more in the tank. And there was a little line in there, something about when when douchebag captain was whinging about, oh, we have to go in the opposite direction. And Riker was like, oh, well, we just go faster. And we can go back and forward in half the time. So it's got more in the tank. It can clearly go faster than that. Maybe it so, can go walk 9.999. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's cool. It clearly has all the new toys, but just has a retro design, which I kind of get, you know. Star Trek, I feel like in-universe does that. Like they always, they'll do a throwback to an old uniform or things like that. It's all very cyclical. So um, I, I buy it in-universe. It doesn't bother me. Talking about uniforms, there's some nice looking uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was a bit concerned when I, what we see Riker's uniform first and I was like, Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. But obviously, yeah, it must be like, like you were saying when we're watching, it might've been like a retired version of the uniform. Well, he's, they they did say say that he's he's not retired. retired. Oh, that's right. He's an active captain. He previously was. He previously was retired and then he's come back into service. And so, yeah, he doesn't have a ship. So what was that line in Nepenthe in season one? He was like active reserve or something like that. Something along those lines. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously, yeah, and then season, season, end of season one, there was all those, yeah, you rocked up with all those ships, not season two. Um, yeah, so I was like, all that grey did kind of remind me of that Admiral from season four of Discovery, like the the grey and the red and stuff like that. But yeah, once we, once they get on board the Titan, the duty uniforms look quite good. They have that, that era that I'm used to the most, that DS9 Voyager era, yeah, um, but slightly updated. Better, better than the season one, season two. Remember how they had like, there was like, the, obviously the colour blocking on the shoulders, but then there was like the extra piping line. Yes, yeah, it, was yeah, like, like, yeah. it wasn't bad. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I like this more simple, mm, streamlined, sure. you know, well, sort of well, looks. So. As you know, my favourite uniforms were the... Um, like the first contact style uniforms. I really Yeah, the grey shoulder. Yeah, I loved yeah. that. So, yeah, they were very, very good. One thing, One I've, thing noticed I've noticed about, about this, this new era of Trek, Trek as well, well the, the bridges, bridges, they're so much darker. Mm, very much so. Like when you well, look at, say, the say Enterprise D, Voyager, Voyager even, even the Defiant, Defiant. Yeah. Yeah. and yeah, the, yeah, the, the Defiant was, was a purposely, purposely designed, designed warship. warship. Mm. Like, like, it was so much so lighter, lighter inside. inside. Well, yeah, it's obviously, yeah, like next gen was its kind of its own thing. Everything was, because I guess it was 80s as well, everything was beige and very light and airy. And then... 
they would add the dramatic lighting when you go to red alert. DS9 and Voyage, like, sorry, Define and Voyager, yeah, that's more come my kind of vibe, a little more stainless steels and greys and those kind of things. Still light and then would drop down dark for red alerts and, and all those kind of things. But, yeah, this was a good look, but, yeah, I would have liked to have been a little brighter as just their standard running mode. Well, maybe it makes it easier for the holographic L-class displays. Yeah, well, I think there is an in-universe description for, like, reason why the bridge gets darker in red alert because it's easy to read displays and things mm. like that. So it would make sense. But I guess, yeah, for that first time on the bridge, you do want to get a better look at it. But I also think it might have been a reuse of the set from the Stargazer last year. It, like the steps coming down to the, the con yeah. and that kind of stuff all felt very much the same. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to get a better look at it. The L-Cars displays were so much better. Like Terry Metallus... I think he might have even got the Okudas back for this one, this season, to do... Really? I hadn't, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, I, I, I know the Okudas are involved in something, I believe. Maybe even if they were just consults or something like that. But, yeah, there, there's definitely much more of a nostalgia vibe this time around, like they're real, which is what they should have been doing from the start. Oh, definitely. But yeah, even even you know that opening pan scene of um of all like Beverly's quarters in her ship, it was all very much all things from her history. You could see little bits and pieces. Um, so yeah, they're really definitely um doing throwbacks and just giving us all those little Easter eggs. And so I feel like we could watch it again and find five more Easter eggs oh, of things probably. in the background. So, so in, in and was it was it at, at Chateau, Chateau Picard, Picard Picard's, Picard's chair, chair in his uh, room, room there. there. I, swear I swear that, that is that his ready room chair. It looks pretty close. It looked it looked a little more leather than linen, but it's definitely an homage or a recreation or something like that. If it's if it's not the exact same chair, there, there was there was so many little throwbacks in there as well. So like as we were sitting there watching it, and. Beverly's yeah, message come in and he's trying, trying to, decode to decode it. it. Oh, I, just I just said, said you know, Picard 47 Alpha Tango. I never thought in a million years <laughs> that would happen. And then what What does he say? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, it's got to be something that Beverly would know as well. No, it's obviously something that they've set up on their own previously with the myriad codes and stuff like that. And his his old code opened it. So, That's yeah, Picard 47 Alpha Tango, for those that don't know, was from First Contact. And that was his command code. And, and if that I remembered, I remembered that, that was pretty amazing to me. But uh, I've still got uh, Jan- Janeway Pi 110 yeah. in my head. I've got that one. And there's also she's got a Lambda one as well that she used once, but I can't remember that one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my go-to is always Janeway Pi 110. <laughs> Picard, 47 Alpha Tango. Uh, that, that, that was, there's so many other little throwbacks in this. Like, So let, let's talk about Beverly for a little bit. So... We first, we first see her, see her at the beginning, beginning. and she and basically she gets into a firefight straight up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's it, it was really interesting because it's it's still to me like she was still holding the rifle the same slightly awkward, weird way Beverly did in Insurrection. I remember yep. distinctively Beverly holding like her hand too close to the like to the muzzle, the, the, the muzzle of the barrel or whatever it was. The and she just You could tell that she was a doctor that didn't know how to handle things. So it's like when she grabs it and it's very clearly an inspired by or a march to the first contact phaser rifles. Absolutely. You expect her to be that same Beverly. And then we find out very quickly it's not the same Beverly. No. She's been out of contact with everybody for the last 20 years. And she's got this 
like Sarah, Sarah Connor pump action, action uh, phaser, phaser rifle, rifle and just like takes out all these dudes, literally vaporizes them. Yeah, so, yeah, so the so phaser, phaser rifles rifle were, were, they looked like, like first contact era phaser yeah. rifles yeah. to me. Yet she was doing like a pump action type of thing on them. So are they broken because she's been away for that long that she's figured out some sort of a way to make them still work, to charge them? I have no idea. Could be. There was also obviously later on when Picard and Riker arrive at her ship and they don't recognize the type of vaporization pattern of the people that have, like the aliens have killed. So it's like, is this something that... Beverly's she cobbled it together herself yeah like is it some kind of um I mean given that she's you know a doctor is it some kind of biogenic weapon and these specific people who knows what we'll find out but it's an interesting little sort of detail that she's using a weapon that obviously would be familiar to her but it's definitely been updated yes and there was a few other little uh easter eggs in there as well like we saw like a little case that had Jack Crusher Written yes. on it. So, and so Jack, Jack Crusher, for those that don't know, was uh, her husband. Well, yeah, I, I'm assuming that is the case. That remember, was there an episode where she like gave it to Wesley because it had like his uniform in it, and yeah. it was like a holographic message to Wesley and that kind of stuff. So, I'm assuming it's supposed to be the same case. There was some other earlier stuff that might even have been references. There was like a book or something like that. I mean, you know, Next Generation better I do. than I do. Um, I know. Um, Gates McFadden was had been making some jokes on Twitter leading up to the last few weeks um, about like arguably her worst episode ever, Sub Rosa, yeah, uh, where she basically fucks a ghost from memory. <laughs> um, someone was like making jokes, being like, "Oh, so this whole Picard season three, it's going to be a sequel to Sub Rosa, right?" And she's like, "Of course, you know." So she's getting in on the fun and having some jokes. So yeah, there's definitely some stuff in there. It's good to see her back too. Absolutely, absolutely. Like she looks. She looks, she looks very, very different. different. Like, like obviously, obviously she's much, much older as well. I think she's probably had a little bit of work done as well. Yeah, yeah she's had. It's fine if she wants to have a little nip here and a little tuck there. That's that's her prerogative. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I like the the hairstyle that she's rocking. Looks good. Um, I was I was kind of like, I guess I'm being greedy because it's like, oh, I wish we'd have gotten Worf and Geordi and and Deanna and stuff as well. They're the drip feeders, I feel. Yeah, but I'm also kind of glad that we had enough time because obviously if they'd done that, it would have been rushed. It wouldn't have got everything else that we got. And it's like, I'm happy to sacrifice not seeing Worf and Geordi and Deanna yet for those long panning shots of all the little Easter eggs and, you know, those kind of things. If they, This was a really, really promising first episode just quickly just while you mentioned deanna there was that one line from will yeah where he was like basically deanna and their daughter would be happy that he's away for a bit like that that's a little that bit that scares me that scares me like and i feel like some of the trailers and some of the things i've seen are really playing down marina Sirtis's involvement Maybe she's so, not going to be in it as much as we well, think. No, well, she's definitely going to be in it. We've seen images Maybe not as much her, as we think. But, yeah, but yeah, not as much. Maybe she's not going to join the team. Like, I think I did see maybe a scene or a, or a tease, and it's, you know, them all sitting around a briefing table talking, and Deanna's the only one not there. It's everyone, it's everyone except Deanna. So, yeah, that'll be a shame because, like, she is an excellent character, and she's very useful. Like, in, in universe, she is good to have around as a character with her, her, her skill set. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's obviously going to be interesting. Like, it obviously gives Riker a little bit of a B story, which is going to be interesting to see how that's resolved. Because obviously, for any 
Star, Star Trek, Trek fans or next gen fans specifically. It's like, well, that's Imzadi. Like those two are exactly. Endgame. They've always been Endgame. So it's to hear that they might be on the rocks is kind of terrifying. Given that, I feel like, well, for me at least, Nepenthe, the episode of season yes. one of Picard, was probably my favorite episode of that season. That, that was a beautiful episode. It was episode. a beautiful episode to hear about all the horrible things they'd been through losing their son, but they were persevering. They had their daughter Kestra. You know, they were in a way thriving on, on Nepenthe despite all this grief and loss, I was like, yeah, of course Deanna and, and Riker are going to make it work. They're, they're going to make it work. I really so hope it's scary so. to hear that, you know, they're on the rocks and that kind of stuff. Um, so hopefully, obviously, there'll be a, a reconciliation throughout the, the season, I hope. Yeah, like, it, um, to me, like, as someone from a military background, it almost felt like Will has maybe a little bit of a PTSD type of thing that could be affecting their relationship. Interesting. Well, he did seem to take the blame, didn't he? He, he said did. Both Deanna and Kestra yes. will be happy to be rid of me for a little while. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, all right. Well, he's taking responsibility for something. May, maybe he's been drinking more and things like that. Who knows? Maybe he couldn't handle the retirement or the, the semi the semi active status that he had. Maybe he's wanting to get back out there. Yeah. He's, getting, he's getting itchy and he wants to get out back. And she's like, no, we're, we're done. We're done. You know, and resents him for. I can tell you right now there. that is a real thing. Like being out there no, no, on active operations all the time, and then coming back and not really doing anything. Like you get that itch to get back out there and yeah. get back into the fight. And obviously, he got a taste of it back at the end of season one. You know. Oh yeah. When he came to the rescue, so maybe he just you know. Because yeah, to, to that point, he was retired. Yeah, he was making pizzas with his kid. Like yeah. they did look like but, good pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah that'll be very interesting to see. I don't, I don't know. I don't know timeline-wise in terms of real world, like, how long ago we were filming or when it was. But obviously, Marina Surface lost her husband last year or the year Really? Before. I wasn't tracking that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. So, perhaps it was a thing where she just wasn't ready to get back out there and um, be working again. Maybe she was just yeah. dealing with stuff. So, maybe they just... That's totally understandable. Yeah, maybe they restricted, you know, what, what she was capable of doing because she just went, oh, look, I just don't have it in me. Maybe she just... Because I feel like she had a, a couple of big losses very close together. There was someone and then might not have been a parent or something like that. And then her husband, I believe literally like on the one year anniversary of her losing somebody, she lost her husband. Yeah, wow, that is sad. Oh, well, I'll have to look that up. So, yeah, so potentially she just wanted a bit of a, a lesser role because she, she couldn't handle um anything more than that, which is completely fine. So TBD, I guess. Yeah. All right, so the, the young fellow that was with Beverly... So yeah, yeah. Claims, claims to be, to be her, her, uh, his, her, son. Her, her son. So, so like, like looking at him, him, I would probably, I would probably say, say he's about, about what, 32, 33 years old? He had a very interesting theory straight up because obviously, yeah, my brain went straight to, well, it was, it was reinforced several times. Nobody's seen Beverly in 20 years. For 20 so years. They did yeah. mention yeah. that at so least twice. twice. Yeah. So it seems to have been very soon after Nemesis, she had a falling out with everybody. Well, it sounded like she had a falling out with Picard and then told everyone to get fucked. It's like, well, that would be perfect to her being like, her and Picard, well, Picard knocked her up, she freaked out, ran away. Yes, but if he was 20 years old. If he was 20 years he old. He looks older. He made a very good point that, yeah, he could very much be um, a lot older. So in my brain, the only way he could potentially be about 32, 33 years old is think of season two of The Next Generation where she wasn't there. Like, she... Actually, in real life, left the show. She was done with the next generation. But then, through the fans and 
you know, yeah. wanting, wanting her, back. her back. She came she back came for back season, season three. Uh, so um, Patrick Stewart as well. Yes. Patrick Stewart approached her and said, the show's not the same without you. We need yeah, you Dr. Pulowski, she was not the same. Yeah. Well, and I believe Gates also had issues with one of the main, like, producers. Yeah, there was something along those lines. Who had left after season two so that we're able to rehire her back. So, so potentially, potentially, when she when left she to be the head of Starfleet Medical, Medical, did she have the baby, the baby then, then and keep him secret from Jean-Luc all this time? That's actually a really great fan, like, fan theory because normally I'd go, oh, that's a big stretch. But the scene that bought it for me, like, it had happened before you came up with this theory, is there's the scene in the bar where Picard and Riker are talking and Picard references something that happened during the best of both worlds. He's like, oh, while the ship wasn't under your command, and Picard's like, huh? And he's like, oh, yeah, that was when he was Lucutus. They said, oh, this particular, the, the, the myriad thing happened, you need to add three, blah, 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 blah. For them to pull just such a deep, dark dive into the history of Next Generation as like... That's something specific that fans will actually know. You only know that if you're a hardcore fan of the show. I didn't know that. Of the series. Um, To pull something like that, like something we never saw in... Potentially, I assume we never saw it in The Best of Both Worlds. The fact that they referenced it and added to that just so that that Riker could flip this pattern and go, well, here's where we need to go. Yeah. I would, I would 100% buy that, buy that someone who wrote that level of detail would also come up with the idea and say, well, yeah, she was away for a year. She could have had a kid um, and nobody would have known about it. But then, I mean, she was at Starfleet Medical working for that whole time, as far as we know, anyway. But she could have met someone there. It, like, it might, it's, may not be Picard's kid. I mean, that's I mean, true. You know, she could have, if she's gone for a full calendar year, we assume, you know, um, for season two, she could have met someone very quickly had. They did specifically make a note that Picard and Beverly had tried to have a relationship as well. So, yeah. Potentially, like, it could, it, could it actually be Jack Crusher seeing his son that somehow was put in stasis somewhere? I mean, it's sci-fi, so anything's possible oh, in that regard. Um, Where's yeah, Wesley? Damn it! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would it would be a hard a hard sell to be like Wesley never knew. She would not. She would not keep that kind of thing from Wesley. And then obviously, well, if she'd had a child during season two, where was he? You know, why was raising him? Yeah, if if she's gonna bring Wesley on the ship with her while she's serving on the Enterprise and also leave him there while she left for a year, um, why would she leave a child behind? So as a retcon, they would have to come up with something really clever to um, for me to buy that. I'm very interested but to see where they go with it. That could be very interesting. I'm just trying to look up the actor and just see. Um, well, he's, he's, well, he's put on a British accent and he might be British for all we know. So, Which, you know, in Star Trek, it could be inherited... Um, like a genetic uh, accent, genetic, <laughs> genetic, genetic accent. accent. Is that a thing? Yeah. Did we just make that up, or is, is this canon? So, Raffi. Raffi. She's obviously got a bit of an addiction problem. The last survivor of season one <laughs> of all the new characters. Of all the new characters introduced. I like Raffi. I think I'm glad it was Raffi. Um, Rios grew on me. 
Um, I'd like him, Rios too. Yeah. Him, at the really start of, him at the start of season two, um, being in command of the Stargazer or whatever it was, that was kind of my favourite Rios, that unsure. Like he has all this command, but he's unsure of himself. He's He had his emotional support cigar that he never lit. That was my favourite Rios. So he definitely grew on me. Um, Rafi was a very hard sell at the start. I was like, she was so... She was very rough around rough the edges. Rough and, and, and irritable and, and, and hard to to like. And I didn't initially buy the relationship between her and Picard that they'd had all this time that we never met. But of all the characters to keep around, I'm kind of glad that it's her because she's really grown on me. And that, I mean, I've loved Michelle Hurd for years. She's been in so many things and I've loved so many things that she's done. Um yeah, yeah, so... I initially, I initially thought maybe, maybe she was working for Starfleet in... Oh, Starfleet... Oh, Starf- uh, sec- correction. correction. Section 31, but then we do find mm. out that she's working for Starfleet Intelligence. But saying that, could she still be undercover and working for Section 31 as well? Bitch. <laughs> what do you got? We just need to rewind a second. Okay. When did Next Generation start? 1987? Oh, was when Star Trek Next Generation... I don't have my phone on me, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. It was 87. I was three years old. So were you. Well, the, the, the actor, just going back to our chat about Beverly Crush's um, new son, the actor Ed Spielers, Spielers, born 7th of April, 1988. <laughs> Could I be onto something? He was born... Potentially during season two of the Next Generation. No way. No way. I, just I just got goosebumps. I'm sorry. I'm on IMDb. Boom. Boom. Star Trek Next Generation, 1987 to 1994. Wow. wow. Maybe my theory is going to pan out. According to according, according to IMDb, IMDb, season two premiered in November of 1988. So, so the character playing. The character who claims to be Beverly Crusher's son could potentially have been was was born in real life while season two of the Next Generation was filming and airing. Wow! Holy shit! I mean, he could be lying. At the end of the day, he could be lying. He could be a surrogate son. It could be that whole uh, seven and each head thing. But I like where your head's at. Let's just say I piss excellence. <laughs> Wow, that has me excited. It's, like I said, they're going to need to buy back where he's been, does Wesley know about him, all these kind of things. But I'm down for it. That's pretty crazy. I'm down to clown if that's where they want to go. Um, obviously, Picard not having children has been a running theme through the series. Oh, for sure. So it, it would be a beautiful... Knowing that this is absolutely the last uh, season of Picard, well, now that he's like an android thing too, he can't. Yeah, children, so. yeah, I assume so. Um, it would be a fantastic touch, like a button on the show, and the series as a whole to for Picard to finally have a child, and it to be Beverly's. Um, that doesn't bode well for Beverly's future to me, though. Really? To in my mind, then, like he's going to trade one parent for another. Potentially. Ah, uh, see, I don't, I don't think Picard's going to survive. I don't think he's going to survive this season. Oh, I think, I actually think he will because Patrick Stewart has said that this might not be Picard's last adventure, and he's open to doing more movies. Interesting. 
my thing, my my sort of brain goes to like he's pretty old. Picard, Picard, knowing that he actually has the thing he's always wanted, which is. <laughs> Ironically, the next generation. He has someone to carry. Like, obviously, one of the most heartbreaking scenes he's ever done is in Generations when he finds out that Robert and his entire family burned to death in a fire, yeah, and he Renee is, and he is the last Picard. So to know that because that's important to him that the yeah, name family carry is on. important. So I think for him to then finally know that there is someone who is technically carrying on his name, even though. Potentially this guy. We don't know this guy's name yet. So he may not even go by Picard or, you know, or anything like that. Um, I, could, I could see, you know, Picard being like, a, oh, well, now I can rest. And he might actually sacrifice him. He might pull a data and sacrifice himself because he knows that. I, I don't think so. I, I think he's going to yeah, stay if around. If you said that Patrick Stewart has said he's open to more, then, yeah, perhaps perhaps not. But um, like Sir Patrick Stewart, Stewart, I know you are old. Please, please, if you're listening to this, please listen to this. <laughs> we want, we you, want to you to continue, continue on with next, next generation, generation type movies and shows. Like, I would I love mean, it if it's the quality of this episode. Then yeah, I'm down for more. So speaking of the quality of this episode, and I know it's not a very good metric to go off, but the, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes ratings here. The tomato meter for critics' ratings, because normally the critics are just fucking totally wrong, but, you know, it's got a 100% rating for the critics at the moment and 88% audience score. That's for Picard Season 3 overall. Obviously, one episode in. Well, that kind of tracks. I prefer the old IMDb. Um, and Episode 1 of Season 3 currently has an 8.7 star rating. Out of 10? Out of 10. Um... <laughs> compared to season two, which started at an eight and dropped down to a, the low was 5.4 in episode seven. Yeah, season well, one started at an 8.2. And actually that's pretty consistent. The closest, the lowest it got was 6.9 for Stardust City Rag, which was seven's first episode. Yep. Ooh. So, All right, so you mentioned seven, seven of nine. Going mm. by Commander... Anika Hansen. Now, we disagree a little bit on this, but you were very hopeful. You went the hopeful aspect where it seemed like, oh, she's embracing, embracing her human humanity, side, yeah. you know, all that kind of thing. But it seems Whereas like Captain, Captain Douchebag Shaw is, is making her go by forcing it on her. I got the ver- very much the vibe that, yeah, she, she, she didn't like the fact that he's making her go by that name. And it's obviously then established that he's a massive tool. Um, and given that, you know, um, it was established in... I mean, obviously, Seven has evolved a hell of a lot, but it's like there was that conversation very early on in her time on Voyager where Janeway kind of spoke about, here, meet Annika Hansen. And a few times it was like, why don't you ever use that name? And she's like, I've been Seven longer than I was ever Annika. That's true. Like she kind of in... She embraced that name. I was no, really hoping that she was going to embrace more humanity now that she was part of Starfleet, and it seems like she's really not enjoying being in Starfleet. Yeah, it's being really rough on her. Um, and given something that I sort of my first thought straight away, the way she kind of was agitated by it, she's like, oh, Captain Douchebag insists I go by Hanson, which I get it. Commander Hanson does sound pretty badass. And yeah. What do you get? Commander Seven does sound odd. So or Commander I, I, Nine? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> commander, commander of nine, commander of nine. 
Um, first name first seven, name middle name seven. of, last name nine. Like, or is it um, first name seven, middle name of nine, last name tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix zero one? <laughs> um, I like that. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, given that that Star Trek has always been about social commentary as well, the thing that sort of pinged at me straight away with the the unease that she had about the way she was being forced to use that name was a lot of um, trans people and stuff like that refer to, like, after they transition, dead naming is a term. So it's like once someone, you know, um, has gender reaffirming surgery or, you know, begins to live their, their truth, they will change their name because they're a new person now. And a lot of people get a lot of trauma when people in their lives can't respect that and still refer to them by their old name. Some people, some people have no issue with it. Some people keep the same name. Some people have no. But there, there is a portion of people who, who, yeah, call it dead naming, and it's actually really detrimental to them. So I kind of felt that there was just a little bit of a nod to that, you know, as a as a, as a way for to touch on that subject, and in a way that's palatable for all of us. Yeah, well, I'm not familiar with the term. So. Yeah, to go to go. Oh, okay. He's making her use her human name. And given that I've known Seven since, you know, 1996 or whatever it is, and I remember her saying, I've been Seven longer than I've been Annika, I, I kind of go, oh, Annika's her dead name. Well, yeah, like, but, but we'll it almost, it, it feels very disrespectful from him to be calling her by a name that she doesn't want to be called by. Like, yeah, I know, like, so at my work, for instance, and most, a lot of other people's works, when you fill in your details on your, like, employment form, it'll say first name, last name, preferred name. Yeah. Like, I'm picking that, you know, seven of nine filled in preferred name, seven of nine. Yeah. Or even just seven. Or seven. Whatever it was. And this douchebag. Captain, Captain Shaw, Shaw is, is calling her Anaka. Yeah, like he's Commander obviously just Hansen. I guess, yeah, because, you know, for her to finally now be officially enrolled in Starfleet, you know, she'd have her Starfleet file, and yet it would be Hanaka, uh, Hansen, Anaka. That was her birth name. So I can understand that being that he's just ignored her preferences, ignored who she is. Um, and yet, yeah, that's, that's I, think I think one of the things that's grating on her, on top of her having to work under this douchebag, and and yeah, she has that great scene where she talks about how life was so much simpler as a ranger. Yeah, as a Fenris ranger. Yeah, she yeah she seemed like she really enjoyed that sort of life better. Which is funny because you always kind of I always got the vibe as she was a ranger. It was that was the only place that accepted her. Like when they got back, yeah, and she the craved that family like Voyager again. Yeah, she wanted that Voyager family. She served in Starfleet, as far as I'm concerned, while she was on Voyager. Yes, even though she was a non-com, she didn't wear a uniform and like kind of stuff. She served in Starfleet. She wore something. She can make. <laughs> you know, she understands the structure of Starfleet. She can work within Starfleet. She gets back home. Starfleet's not having a bar of it. And well, they even, still even saw her just as a Borg drone, really. Oh, when Shaw says that at the dinner table yeah. about just a couple of ex-Borg drones. And it was like it was his jab at Picard. Yeah. But Seven's right there with an implant still on her face. I would have loved them to have cut to her and seen her reaction, but I don't think we got that. I would love to have seen her and just watch. launch at him and just destroy yeah. him. Or just her just like... just. To see her like squeezing a glass, just ready to break it or something like, like that. It, there was just um, a lot of unnecessary being a dickhead, really. Just from ant- antagonistic nature, everything. The car brings one. Oh, I prefer this. Oh, by the way, Riker, jazz is shit. Uh, I had to purge the system of your ship uh, when I got here because and then bullshit. 
he puts them in a room with bunks. Yeah, an admiral and a captain in a room. I think with we're not talking about the most egregious behavior of his entire thing that you pointed out very quickly. First on, he bites down on his green steak and bites the fork. Yeah, that was really so. Yeah, as he who, who bites a fork as he eats that thing, he bit on the fork and pulled it out of his mouth instead of using his yeah. lips to pull the food off, or just bite down on the steak and use his teeth to pull it off the fork. Like, there's a hundred ways you could do that better than what he did. Only a sociopath, I don't care who's listening, I will say it right now. Only a sociopath, if you're over the age of eight and you bite on a fork, you're a sociopath. Yeah, okay. If you're listening to this and you're eight, I apologize for any of the swearing that's been in here. Don't let your kids listen. But, like, yeah, just everything about him is disgusting. I hate him. Yeah, I'm actually. Like, like, I don't I hope, hope this on a lot of people, but I hope he does not survive this season. Yeah, yeah if we can finally see someone, you know, get thrown at an airlock, I hope it's him. You know what would actually be really good? Seven comes around and she ends up getting promoted to captain and she takes over captain of the Titan. Honestly, I think there will be an element of piracy. Like, that was, there was that line where, you know, Shaw says, fuck you guys, I'm not doing what you're saying. I'm doing what I want to do because it's my ship. Uh, and they walk out going, well, what are we going to do? What can we do? And Picard literally says, short of piracy, nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then there's that moment later on where Shaw is having a go at, I mean, rightfully so, having a go at Seven for well, it's his disobeying his orders and, you know, captain. but you see the rest of the bridge crew react and you can very much tell they're on Seven's side. They, you can they tell all hate him. when, like, so... I'm in the military. I've been in there for 18 years in the army. And you can always tell when a platoon of soldiers does not like their commander. Yeah. There is that air in the room about. And any time he was on the bridge, you could just feel the crew did not like him. Yeah. They, there's, they don't there's respect no the man. They respect the rank, but Correct. not the man. Yeah. They'll do as they're told because they have to. They're, they're taking orders from the rank, not the man. Correct. Yeah. Whereas the crew of the Enterprise always took the orders from. Yeah. Yes, they did take it from the rank, but they took them from the man. They respected the man because there's there is that one episode. Oh no! It's it's when Jellico gets given permission, and there's that line where they're like, "Well, yes, the crew follows yes. orders, but they're used to those orders making sense." He was so another douchebag. He's a very similar thing. He, yeah. he's, he's very close to the yeah. same yeah. douche level. But it's like, yeah, so they, they followed Jellicoe's orders, but they didn't. There's that great line Riker had where he basically just dressed him, just called him a piece of shit, essentially. Yeah. Um, you're not a good captain. You're not this, blah, 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 blah. But you're a captain, so, yeah. We have to follow your orders, yeah. basically. So, um, no, I'm going to love to hate him. Um I do, I do hope he's in it a bit more so I can hate him a bit more. It's great. I, I, I do, I do also, also like that we have one of Geordie's daughters as the helmsman of the Titan. That's, that's so great. great. That takes me back to generations, generations when you see Sulu's daughter Yes, uh, on the bridge. I would, I would love to see that character back, actually. I would love to see them bring back... What was her first name? Oh, I can't remember. That was. He, it's been a while since I've seen her. He's Hikaru Sulu, and she was... I want to say something with an S. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have but to look that one up. I would, I would love to see that character back. So, yeah, is Geordie's you know, daughter is she part of the next generation? I mean, that would be cool. That would be cool as hell. 
it, it's not it's the not first the time it's been done in Star Trek, Trek. You know, having you know members of the same family, like yeah, as you mentioned, Sulu's daughter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love that. So, yeah. What other throwbacks are we going to have through this season? Like, it's it's they've set it up very strong to begin with. That's for sure. Yeah, and again, and we we haven't even gotten to Worf yet. Oh, um, well, we haven't so seen Geordie either. Yeah, we've only got those touchstones of his daughter, and you know, she obviously has. A bit of baggage around being Geordie's daughter, because um, there's even the moment where Picard's even trying to like pull Riker back, going, "He's up, buddy. Come on, buddy. Come on, leave the poor girl alone. Leave her alone. Come on, mate. Come on, mate." Um, so yeah, hopefully there's a you know there's well not hopefully but obviously there's going to be some kind of weird energy there. I work with I work in the family business, so yeah, working around family can be a very weird. <laughs> well, yeah, weird you work thing. for your dad, so you would know. With, not for, with. Oh, with? <laughs> this is a very important delineation there. Yes. Demora, Demora Sulu. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Demora Sulu, yes. Uh, I would love to see her back. She could be a captain by now. Oh, wait, she'd be dead by now, wouldn't she? Because that was. Well, yeah, that was a long time ago. That was original series era. That's Unless somehow she managed to get into the Nexus as well. I mean, I'm down for that. <laughs> well, yeah, we don't know who her mother is either. So could her mother be like an Elorian or something? True. So, I mean, Demora could have kids, you know. Yeah. yeah well, it could be. It could be. Could be um, Hikaru's grandkids. Yes. So yeah, no, that's that's great to see. Um, to see that through there. Um. Yeah, I'm down. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the first, first episode, episode down of Star Trek Picard season three, mm. the next the generation. generation. Yeah. You know, fr- from me. That that's a that's a. That's a what are we going to give a rating out of 10 or should we save uh, it? I'm going to wait because, look, I'm going to leave it somewhere to go. I'm, I'm excited more than I thought I would be because I've been let down so much by Star Trek in the last 10 years. Episode one of season two, The Stargazer, was an amazing episode of television. I raved about that. And then it got progressively worse as the season went on. And I really, I really fell off that show. So... It, it's known for a strong start, but it could taper off. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping it's all going to stay that kind of quality. I've been looking at Terry Metalis on, on Twitter and stuff like that. He seems to be just a big old Trekker nerd like we are. I feel like since they did Strange New Worlds, they've learned a lot from, say, Discovery and the first couple of seasons of Picard, and they've learned yeah. what us as the long-term fans actually want to see. Correct. It's it's a really – and we're, we're hard fans to please, so it is a, a balancing act. Like, with bringing in new fans as well. Like, there's, Correct. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of things in that episode which new people to the show probably wouldn't quite understand. Yeah. And they, you know, we've got the luxury of the internet these days. Yeah. And the internet's in our pocket with our phone. We can just look things up. Correct. Yeah. But, so, and yeah, when there's a lot of fan service. I don't want to gatekeep. I want more Star Trek fans. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's like, I don't want to gatekeep the show. So it's, yeah, I want more fans to come in. But yeah, I also want... I don't, don't want, want more fans at the expense of us as old fans. Yeah. At the expense of quality. It's like Star Trek is, is a very specific thing. It's a very specific philosophy. It's a very specific stylized look. And a lot of the more modern stuff was too flashbang, not enough substance. It was all look, no substance. Whereas this is giving us the look that we want because it's it's new, but there's those little throwbacks of old, even just the well, slight... Even the title card of the, like, yeah, the old the Next Generation series. Blue and... The, the change to 
us more recognisable LCARS displays, you know, just gives us that little touchstone where we, we feel comfortable. It's like, yes, we understand this, we know this. And then when little new things, like you gotta, you, we're babies, you got to drip feed us. So it's like, give us that nostalgic stuff we know that keeps us comfortable and happy and then give us little bits of new bits. And this episode did that in a really, really good way. Um, so, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to seeing where this goes. And the, and the score, score of the, uh, the episode yeah, with the music. Incredible. Excellent. Incredible. Throws to just playing straight up the next generation theme. First contact. Um, first contact. In generations. There's a little bit of generations in there, a little bit of insurrection. Just giving us those nostalgics. And a music sting can do that. You don't need to have an entire scene devoted to fan service. Um, Easter eggs and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, something as simple as music like that gives us what we need. It gives us yeah. that nostalgia feeling. It actually makes like, us feel like we as the fans matter to the writers and producers of the show. Correct. Yeah, they're going, we're making this. for. And to me, it seems like Terry Metalis is a fan. He's, he's a true fan of the show. He's not making this for money or anything like that. It's, it's, it's a passion thing. He's it's, definitely it's, making it for money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's like they're not just like, hey, we're going to cash in on this on this franchise, make a piece of shit because you're all going to watch it anyway. I think the fandom has been very vocally in that, no, we're not going to just watch anything that has the Star Trek name on it. We want good Trek. And for the type of Trek I enjoy... This is I think, yeah, so far, so far for season three of Picard, we have got, got good Trek. Trek. Yeah. So yeah. far. Yeah. No, I'm really enjoying but it. But we still, still have some unanswered questions, questions left over from season two. Like, like obviously, the new Borg are looking at after that. Uh, that Do you think we'll get any resolution on that? I feel like that's just going to be a little a little plug in a hole over in that quadrant. And we're just going to leave it there? Never see it again. <laughs> Potentially. 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 Yeah. Mm. I would, I would like, like to, to see, see them fill that, that eventually, and yeah, yeah. like yeah. Maybe, maybe that, that could be for the future of another show. Yeah, and go it's, from it's, there it's with Agnes's Borg. It's a plot point that can come back three years later. I don't know whether any of like those actors were invited to like the the red carpet screening premiere of the show, um, which would be a little bit of a giveaway if they were in it. Because I did see Denise Crosby um, tweeting actually. God, I mentioned Twitter a lot in this. I'm not even on Twitter. Why am I mentioning Twitter so you much? You have it's mentioned gross. Twitter a lot, yeah. Um, Denise Crosby, Maybe like Elon Musk's new Twitter. Um, it's funny. I don't even follow any of these people. I don't follow Terry Metalis. I don't follow any Star Trek people, uh, like any Next Generation people, but they keep showing up on my feed. But Denise Crosby tweeted the other day that she was a little bit upset because she wasn't invited to the premiere for season three of Star Trek Picard. Like she was invited to the screening, like the red carpet and well, stuff Denise, like that. Well, Denise, you have not been in Star Trek for a long time, love. Very true. <laughs> but then she was also throwing out ideas of ways that um, uh, Sela could come back, like ways that she could get another acting gig. Or she's even was throwing out ideas of like a, a Tasha Yar prequel on like seeing Tasha yeah, Yar. No, I'm not a fan of stuff like that. Um, Keep going into the future. No more prequel shows. I think that would be the way to go. I think that's what we want. So, but yeah, I would, I'll be down for to get some kind of resolution to Admiral Sealer. That yeah, would that would be cool. Well, with, obviously, there's a lot of uh, Romulans around still. So, yeah, yeah, we're heavily into the whole Romulan thing now. So, well, mm. we never know. Okay, well, so that's Picard season three, episode one, done and dusted. For the you know, um, what are we calling the show again? Make it so. Make it so. Make you, reckon it we'll, so. you reckon we'll get that at some point during this show? 
Oh, well, we've had it in previous seasons. True, true. So, I would I love to see Jean Luc back in a captain's chair. So, I yes. hope we do get to see that. Like, I know there is. I'm pretty sure I've seen in maybe the trailer or some little, you know, things are popping on. There is a funny moment with like the two captains and an admiral on the bridge. So at some point we do have Captain Shaw and Admiral Picard on the bridge together. Um, That's going to be spicy. spicy. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Maddie, where can we find you on socials, mate? Uh, At High Maddie on Instagram and apparently on Twitter too. I guess I'm on there more than I realise. Yeah, maybe. At High Maddie. Uh, so, uh, so myself, myself Craig, Craig, you can find me at, at Geek in Camo on Instagram, or I've only just started that one up. You know, I d- did that specifically for these type of podcasts. So for these type of geeky podcasts for now on, I'll continue to use that. However, my other side of the house is I do a lot of shooting um, and I use Precision Rifle Guy as well. So if you're interested in shooting, have a look at that. Hashtag army. Hell yeah. yeah. Defense recruiting, pay me more. Okay, okay guys, guys and girls, and we will put and days and days binars. Yes, binars. And we are watching Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will see you next week. That's yeah, us. Next week. Well, what's uh, what's next week's episode called? Uh, I, there is no name here for that. Oh, let's have a look. Uh, you'll have to look on IMDb. It's my go-to. I've got the app. I love it. It's my favorite. I want to see Wharf next week though. Disengage. Disengage. Episode two, Disengage. Oh, disengaging. So. Oh, wow. There's the names of like the first six episodes. Well, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves there, Matty. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know we've gone into spoilers and stuff. And yeah. You can tell I'm excited. Heavily into spoilers. When I start looking into all stuff like that, when I start Googling stuff, you know I'm excited. And you are a massive Voyager fan and not a Next Generation fan. So for you to be excited about this is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we'll get maybe a like, like Tom Paris got, got a little bit of a cameo in Lower Decks. Let's give some justice for Harry Kim. Let's get Captain Captain Kim. Well, Captain, well, Captain Kim, Kim was, was in uh, Star Trek Star Online. Oh, so and okay. I know Star Trek Online has had a lot of influence in New Trek. Okay, well, yeah, let's let's let's. I'm I'm calling it before the end of season uh, episode ten of this season. We're gonna get a Captain Kim. Oh. I don't think we will. Look, I'm not going to put money on it or anything like that. (laughs) If anything, I'm not not crazy. If anything, we would get a Lieutenant JG Kim. A who? Junior grade Lieutenant. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, come on now. It's been 20 years. It's a running, long running joke. Like, I know. He he was a captain in Endgame. It just took an alternate. Re- it took an alternate reality for him to get his own ship. Yes, but uh, Janeway ruined that captaincy for him. I'm sure. Oh, I hope we get an Admiral Janeway. Well, they've already mentioned her. So, yes, and last season, and a Prodigy is canon. So there is an Admiral Janeway out there. Lower Dex is canon too. I love Lower Dex life. Uh, it's a love-hate relationship. I, I absolutely love, love that. That's anyway. a whole other podcast. Anyway, anyway. That's, that'll be it from us tonight, and that's it. Yeah, next week. Disengage. Get into geek.